0: welcome to in the wake with whitley here on this podcast we cover mental health life lessons mindset growth and tons of storytelling together we'll laugh we'll cry and everything in between i'm your host whitley rogers i'm a certified life coach and mental health advocate i'm also a survivor of sexual and mental abuse i'm here to open up those conversations that are normally uncomfortable or hush hush in society Keep listening for bits and pieces of my personal journey and insights along with other interviewees. So I put out a poll on my Instagram stories on whether my listeners wanted to hear an episode covering mental health during COVID-19 or whether they've heard enough and needed something to distract their mind. And the majority voted to make this episode happen. So the ones that voted otherwise can just skip it. Maybe re-listen to old episodes if you need a break from all this talk and want to distract your mind for a bit by discussing and learning about something else. In the Wake has plenty of old episodes to binge and re-listen, and you all most likely have loads of extra time on your hands now. So You might as well re-listen anyways. Also, just want to ask that in your loads of extra time, you take a moment to scroll down and leave a rating or review for the podcast because we'd love to spread the word and reach the people that need to hear these messages. And the best way to do that is through those ratings and reviews and sharing the podcast with your friends. I would greatly appreciate it. And love to hear what you guys think. It's so great hearing your messages and feedback because so often it can feel like I'm talking to myself on this podcast, which in a sense I am, but I'm also producing these messages for you. Anyway, so I have been consuming and reading and soaking up and researching mental health and coping during COVID-19, both for myself and to share with you all here. And then I also have my own lived experience thus far under my belt. So I've gathered these wide collections of thoughts and I'm trying to process and expand upon them here. And I have been working on this for days, for hours at a time. This better be the ultimate mental health during COVID-19 survival guide. There is because I've been working so hard on it and I may be quoting or referencing many different intelligent and impactful people who have given their two cents on this subject and I will link and cite everything in the show notes below. So if you also want to deep dive and further learn how to cope during this, you can access everything I found right in the show notes Or on my podcast page on my website. Anyway, so I have kind of mixed emotions and opinions on all of this. I go back and forth and I'm hearing so many different perspectives, but I'm finding truths in all of them. So I want to present a couple different ways you may be experiencing this or feeling about it because. We all may be reacting and responding in different forms and need different things to cope. So take what lessons or truths or coping skills you need from this and leave the rest. I truly believe there is gray area in all of this. I don't think it's as extreme black or white as we think or it's being made out to be. I would like to accept the nuance of it all and to have coexisting truths and realities happening. And by acknowledging some of the positive outcomes of this or some ways you can learn and grow during this time period does not discount the severity and how serious and and bad this pandemic outbreak is. As long as you are well-informed and understand the effects and seriousness of it all, I personally do not think it is ignorant or naive if you're trying to reframe your mindset about this or focus on doing what feels good and healthy for your mind, body, self, family, whatever it is. <clears throat> you can do that while equally accepting the difficulties and struggles of this or or your privilege and being able to have the safety and space to do so. I personally believe that just because this sucks and it's horrible, does not mean you have to stay stuck and sit in the suck forever. So hard to say. (laughs) You can process that suck and accept it and still move forward in grace and healing. Those negative experiences and feelings coming up can coexist with the positive mindset or experiences you are simultaneously feeling. My point is, that life comes with highs and lows, and each new day moving through this chaos can have both those highs and lows happen in one short period, in one short day. With everything that happens to us comes both. So I want to talk and acknowledge both here today. Aside from all of the basic things we've been told over and over again from public officials to wash your hands, social distance, self-quarantine, and avoid gatherings and groups of people, we haven't gotten equally as much instruction and guide on how to cope with this pandemic mentally and emotionally, which is just as important and may be in some states just as vital to keep you alive and well during all this. I've already talked down two friends during this quarantine that were thinking of suicide, so it is just as crucial to be prioritizing and... Knowing how to cope with your, with your mental and emotional states, as well as preventing physical sickness. So first I want to recognize and acknowledge the negative emotional states this is putting us in and what that looks like. Something I read from Caroline Dooner's Instagram account was this. Forced quarantine is very different from rest and relaxation. Being forced to stay in your house is not inherently restful. My worry is that people are going to come out of quarantine thinking, oh no, now I need to do a lot of things and be productive, when really this was a collective trauma and we will still need time and rest to heal after this is over. And if I'm being honest, this post kind of made me uncomfortable. Maybe that's not exactly the right word, but it it moved me, it shook me, it helped broaden my empathy and understanding of what this quarantine looks like for everyone, and it, it really got me thinking. For some, this may feel at times like a break to slow down and rest, and we can feel doses of that or have it coexist with conflicting feelings. Two truths can be held and felt at once. It isn't a restful and relaxing time for doctors and nurses and people holding down the fort in those essential positions and places that society as a whole needs to continue functioning. And this isn't just a summer vacation. It is a trauma and fully acknowledge and accept the reality and heaviness of that. It's also not a restful and relaxing time for the rest of us who may be paralyzed in fear and anxiety and depression and grief and panic. Those feelings are quite the opposite. It's not a place of rest and relaxation for those drowning without a steady income, with the loss of a job, with the compromised immune systems, things like that. And I just want to help create perspective and understanding that this is a very stressful and anxiety-driven time as a collective whole. And there are a wide variety of feelings that are continuously coming up. And there are varying degrees and states that people may be in right now. So Amanda from the Instagram platform Therapy for Women listed a bunch of conflicting and diverse emotional states. Right now, one may be feeling... Gratitude for what we have. Guilt for what others do not have. Relief over canceled events. Grief over canceled events. Optimistic that this will create some good in the world. Terrified about the future. Angry at people who are not taking this seriously. Frustrated at people who are panicking and hoarding. Scared for our loved ones. Heartbroken over the news. Guilty for spending too much time watching the news or social media. Gratitude for technology and social media. Overwhelmed by all the news and info. Angry at how groups of individuals are being treated. Guilty that you hate being home. Guilty that you love being home. Grateful for those looking at this in a positive way. Angry at those looking at this in a positive way. Exhausted, restless, confused, powerless, scared, hopeful, irritable, and the list could go on and on. The point is, this is a very emotional time, and it's just as crucial that we are processing those feelings. It's okay to be experiencing many of these emotional states, it's okay to be feeling some of these conflicting emotions. They can coexist. All at once. It's okay to flip flop between what you feel and for that to change day by day or hour by hour. I just want you to remember that there's no right way to feel and no wrong way to feel during all of this. And like I said earlier, the highs and lows you will experience because of this will show up daily and sometimes alongside each other. You just never know what this pandemic might trigger for you, both good or bad. Amanda ended her post by saying, the best thing you can do is make space for it all, for your humanity and the humanity of others. Offer yourself compassion and grace. Your emotional experience is valid, whatever it looks like. So let's go through some of these big, heavy feelings that may be prevalent right now in many people and some ways to cope and move through them in healthy and productive ways. Because... We can't pick and choose which emotions we feel and which ones we don't. We have to accept all of them with arms wide open. If you are overwhelmed by the deep, heavy emotions right now and you choose to ice out those emotions completely, you are also icing out the joy and gratitude and light you could also potentially be feeling. So we have to process and deal with these, quote, negative emotions if we are wanting to also find happiness through this because you can't know what true happiness and joy feels like if you don't know the opposite end of pain and sadness and fear so the first thing I want to address is that this is a collective trauma that's right I said it it is a trauma whether it feels like it or not whether that word scares you or resonates with you that is what is happening I think Tony Talks Therapy over on Instagram summed it up perfectly. She said, we are in the middle of a worldwide trauma. COVID-19 is scary. It's a trauma we're all going through. Not to mention all the other global traumas that are happening right now. I certainly don't want to amplify this fear, but I do want to acknowledge that that reality is scary right now. It is downright traumatizing. Whether you name it as trauma for yourself or not, we are all impacted. Effects you may notice showing up for you during this trauma. Overconsumption or avoidance of the news. Feeling unsafe in public. Trouble sleeping. Fear and dread about the future. Hopelessness. Suicidal thoughts. Rage. Distrust of other people. Helplessness. The list could go on, but you are not alone. Trauma leaves us feeling hopeless, powerless, and overwhelmed. All right, so the reason I want to address the trauma of this is that trauma comes with triggers, and with trauma also comes survival mechanisms, and those are both very heavy and hard things to navigate. You may see old behaviors or old survival coping mechanisms coming up that you've thought that you've already processed and you've left in the past, but they're coming up again. The news may be triggering fear or anxiety. Social media may be triggering comparison, FOMO, loneliness. Being quarantined may trigger depression and suicidal ideation. We didn't plan for this to happen, and so many of us are being blindsided by how it's affecting our mental health. Old, damaging, and unhealthy ways of coping may be showing up right now, like disordered eating, binging, starving yourself, or numbing out through alcohol, or drug use, or technology, or food, whatever your addiction may be. In the second half of Tony Talk's post, she said, Some actions that might help, seeking safety and connection with those you love, move your body, drink water, try to get good sleep, setting boundaries with the news, having important conversations about the issues we're facing as a species, build community and connection voting, donating, protesting, advocating, using your voice, whatever you can do to act about the issues you care about. It's work to help build hope and help you feel that you have some power by focusing on what you can do to impact the future, as well as help regulate your nervous system. Not only are these ways that we can keep trauma from having massive lasting effects, they are also ways we can make the world a better, less scary place. And I love that. One of my mentors and life coaches, Stephanie Don Elizabeth, has given me this journal prompt that really helps me address and face those old ways head on that may be coming up. Simply write at the top of your page in a journal or a notebook or your notes on your phone, things are different now. And then just let your pen flow freely writing all the ways that you are different now compared to the past, how the circumstances are different, and how you are going to show up will look different. It's a way of talking to your subconscious or your brain that are dragging up those old behaviors and saying, hey, I know you're trying to protect me right now by bringing these old things up, but I'm different and things are different, so no thank you. I got this. I don't need you to swoop in right now. So I just want to remind you guys to check in with both yourself and your loved ones at a time like this. Check in with the people who have previously suffered with anxiety and may be panicking due to the current world events. Check in with the people who have previously suffered with depression that may suffer immensely during a quarantine. Check in with the people who have previously suffered with obsessive compulsive disorder that may be struggling extra with obsessive cleanliness or lack thereof and may be panicking due to a shortage of cleaning supplies. Check in with your people because no matter who you are, we all may be struggling with our mental health right now. This worldwide trauma may be amplifying your already existing mental illness or bringing up old triggers or creating new mental health struggles altogether. So we need our support systems and we need our loved ones extra right now. So just take a quick moment to send a text to your friends and your loved ones and your family members to check in and make sure they're okay and that they're holding up okay. Another huge feeling that is coming up for the majority of us is grief. We may not be labeling it that or minimizing it, but that is what it is. Sometimes we think grief is only associated with the death of a person, but grief is very much real for the death of an experience or a event or past version of yourself. And I have an older episode from last summer that dives much deeper into grieving the death of things. And so if you want to re-listen to that, I'll have it linked in the show notes. But there is a lot of grief showing up right now because our world has come to a screeching halt. And basically everything is canceled or shut down or closed. So it's valid to feel and process that grief and it needs to be honored as such. So Nedra... A therapist on Instagram created a list of all the possible things we could be grieving right now. So I want to name those things and I may add a few of my own. But she wrote things that people are grieving canceled vacations or trips, the freedom to leave home, getting together with friends, stable income, a job position, canceled social gatherings, short term or long term goals. Childcare while working, working alongside co-workers, celebrating life events like birthdays, weddings, graduations, baby showers, funerals, holidays, senior years, standing close to people without fear, physical touch, being able to make plans, being able to go outside for some. I mean, the list could go on forever. I personally am grieving many things that got canceled. A snowboarding trip to Brian Head to meet up with old friends. A trip to LA with a best friend and going to see our favorite Glennon Doyle speak. A concert with my sisters, a lights festival. All of these things that I was looking forward to and made me so excited and had money invested into got ripped out from under me and that sucks and it's disappointing. And sometimes it's hard to stay motivated or keep going when you don't have much to look forward to in the near months into the future. So I just want to validate those that are sad that things like graduation or plans with your friends or working along coworkers are suspended right now. And it's not silly and it's not dumb to be sad or feel that way. That's what I hear a lot of people saying to me when they bring them up. It is valid and it was something that meant a lot to you or had great significance and role in your life. And it's okay to say, you know what, this sucks and I'm disappointed. Don't minimize those things. And then also we need to grieve the fact that our sense of normalcy in our lives is gone. We have to grieve our old normal and simultaneously create and ease into a new normal. The flow of our old normal lives has been disrupted and destroyed for some or altered for others, and that may be true for quite some time. We don't know when this will end. We can guess, but there's no way of knowing for sure. So taking it one day at a time with grace is essential. And I feel like right now is a good time to talk about comparative suffering and this cycle of comparison we can fall into during a time like this, where we are all suffering as a world. So especially right now, it's super easy to fall into comparative suffering. And Brene Brown just released a podcast episode diving deeper into this, and I definitely recommend listening to it. Also, you guys, Brene Brown has a podcast. I repeat, Brene Brown has a podcast. It's pretty new, and when I found out, I may or may not have school with Joy. I have read so many of her books, watched her TED Talks numerous times, saved her Instagram posts, trying to soak up every little thing she says because she's so wise, and now she has a podcast where you can listen to her shorter thought nuggets straight from her mouth right in your pocket. And podcasts are my favorite, so you best be listening to that for your greater good. Anyway, she talks about how in times like these, where we are in a collective of suffering, we are all experiencing this pandemic as a world and a whole, but we can get into this mindset trying to compare our pain and feelings of grief or disappointment to others who we think have it worse and in doing so, invalidating our own emotions. Right now, all emotions are valid and all experiences are valid in the feelings they provoke. Comparing your disappointment from a canceled graduation that you don't get to walk and experience to the disappointment of someone who loses their job, that comparison isn't doing you any good and it's not doing the person who lost their job any good. It's not benefiting or helping them in any way by invalidating your own pain because you don't think your situation is worth even feeling bad about. You can accept your own state and also empathize and feel for their pain simultaneously. Comparison doesn't take away the emotions of grief or disappointment you are feeling, but rather it adds even a heavier emotion to your palate and that is shame. And the last thing we need right now is to shame ourselves and our experiences. Shame says to you, how dare you feel disappointed or sad over your circumstances? You have it so much better than so-and-so, and you really need to be feeling grateful that you are where you are because you have no right to feel bad right now whatsoever. And that's just not true. You have a right to feel bad, I'm not saying that gratitude is not a great thing to focus on and embody, but shaming yourself into gratitude isn't going to make you feel better. I think we fall into this comparative suffering trap because we are trying to push away the feelings and not have to feel them or deal with the their weight and realness, and it's almost an avoidance strategy. But either way, try not to fall into that comparison cycle because it can get real messy, real quick. I think something you can do for yourself to prevent yourself from falling into that place or to help you climb out is affirmations and self-validation. If you are repeating affirmations to yourself to validate your emotional experience, it can lessen that resistance and help you accept them as they are. You could start with stating your emotion and then validating it. For example, I am feeling disappointment. I am feeling frustrated and I am feeling sad. My emotions are real, my emotions are valid. I accept my emotions as they are. I am allowed to feel this way. By repeating mantras like this, you are affirming that it is not shameful or bad to be experiencing this. And that will help you work through it And flow through it. So, the next emotion that is super prevalent right now is this collective fear and anxiety. Those that may not have previously dealt with an anxiety disorder may be experiencing anxious feelings coming up right now for the first time. And that's a scary thing to be experiencing always, but especially when you're not used to it or don't know what it is. And the fear oh man, it feels like the media whether that's social media or news outlets, are breeding fear and even anxiety right now and just hyping those feelings sky high. This fear and anxiety is mainly being rooted in two things. One being this loss of control. The world is spinning out of control and there's chaos and things are changing rapidly and escalating and we can't seem to get a grip. And then two this lack of certainty. We are experiencing this for the first time generationally and have never dealt with something on this level and severity. Nothing has equaled or looked like this before. So as most all times go, we don't know what the hell we're doing for the most part. And we're figuring it out as we go through trial and error process Figuring out what works and what doesn't because we don't have something to compare and relate this to. And then also the lack of certainty in the future. We don't know when this will end or what next week or next month or next year is going to look like and that is very scary so many of us. We pride ourselves in feeling prepared and in control and also planning and knowing what the future holds. But right now, both of those are thrown out the window and people don't know what to do with themselves in this state of uncertainty, unknown, and lack of control. Personally, I believe that those places of certainty and known and control that we felt we had before this were merely illusions, but that's just me. I think we never really know for a fact what tomorrow holds and have a very limited control. So one thing that may be a given or obvious for some, but not for others, is to limit your media intake or rather whatever is triggering these feelings of anxiety and fear. Check in with yourself. When are these feelings spiking and rising within you? And is there something causing that to happen? Notice the sensations and contributors and external factors. Like for me, I found scrolling through Twitter, my body would tense up because I could feel my anxiety rising. And most of the tweets I was reading were filling me with dread or hopelessness or anger. So I decided to delete Twitter for the time being and really cutting back and limiting my social media time as a whole because it wasn't productive and it wasn't necessary for me to be scrolling. It wasn't providing me with any new information that was crucial to know right now, but rather providing me with excess anxiety and fear. I found I can hear important updates through my family discussions at the dinner table because things worth noting would be shared. And that way I don't have to also consume all of the other noise. But maybe a trigger for you is someone who is constantly bringing up news and going on a negative rant to you. And maybe you need to set some boundaries. Prioritize your mental health and prioritize what you feel you can continue participating in and the things you need to let go or to discontinue for now. So besides that, something I personally do to work through my many, many feelings of fear and anxiety that are coming up right now is to help put things into perspective and focus on my circle of control. Work through your fear or anxiety by writing an entire list of all your fears and then writing an entire list of all your anxieties. Or maybe they overlap. Let it all out, just freely write without judgment or conditions. And then when you're done, go back through that list and circle or star the ones that you can do something about. The ones inside your circle of control. And then below it, write a little action step that you can do. This can help you let go of and release the fears that you can't control and do something about the ones you can. You can really only control yourself, how you show up, act, think, etc. And one of my first five episodes, actually, I think it is number five, I talked all about navigating control and how that's a personal struggle for me. So if that's something that is showing up for you right now, maybe that's Another episode that you want to re listen to. Anyway, so I'll give you a short example of this list of mine and what it looks like to do this. So, a few of mine. I am afraid my grandma will get the coronavirus and her immune system won't be strong enough to fight it off with her leukemia. I am afraid people aren't taking this serious enough and still being irresponsible or selfish when it comes to social distancing. I am nervous that I will get coronavirus and spread it to someone that can't fight it off. I am nervous that the company I work for will lay me off due to a shortage of income. Okay, so then I would go back through and work through each fear and anxiety. So number one, I can't personally control whether my grandma contracts the virus or not, but I can call her and check in. And listen to the precautions she is taking. I can take extra time right now to connect with her and make her feel loved. Number two, again, I cannot control other people and how they are responding to government officials, but I can do my part. I can also use my voice for good by educating and raising awareness about this issue and why it's important to take it seriously. Number three, I am doing everything I've been told to do, like social distance, quarantine myself, washing my hands extra thoroughly. So even if I do end up getting coronavirus, I know I can take the precautions like quarantining to prevent the spread to those I love around me. Number four, I can express my concerns to my bosses and they actually already validated that they have not even talked or considered laying anyone off and they express that they have financially prepared for something like this and they'll be able to ride it out. See how working through those fears and anxieties really lessened their impact and made them a lot less scary and intimidating. And lastly, what I do is write a letter to your fear, anxiety, whatever emotion is coming up. Dear anxiety, Thank you for trying to protect me and make me aware of all possible outcomes, but no thank you. I am in the driver's seat, and you will not be in the passenger seat or backseat driver. In fact, you are not allowed to come on this trip with me. Thank you for your concern, but I'm going to have to let you go. From Whitley. That's just a short and maybe even cheesy example, but face those feelings head on. Don't shy away or cower away because if you do, they will grow and become bigger and bigger until it feels impossible to fight. And the best model to process any of these heavy, hard emotions is my favorite Tiffany Rose feel, deal, heal method. She has numerous Instagram posts talking about this, but she actually just released a new podcast episode diving deeper into each step and what it really looks like to feel, deal, and heal. So I recommend following up and listening to that because it's super great. The reason I like this feel, deal, heal method is because I live my life by the mantra, it's okay to not be okay, but you can't stay that way. I said it three years ago when I shared my hashtag no story on mental illness, and I stand by that today. Often we hear the phrase, it's okay to not be okay. But I like to add on the end, but we can't stay that way. Only because it does us no good to stay stuck and stagnant in the negative emotions after we have fully felt them. Because then they are no longer serving us and they have outstayed their welcome. We need to feel and acknowledge the emotions for a time being, but there comes a time to let go and put them down. We invite them in for a cup of tea, but we do not invite them in to live with us and unpack there. But I also want to say that you cannot rush the process, even though we try a lot of the times. And we just want to skip the feeling part and go straight to fixing it As soon as it comes up, don't rush the timeline or the process. We can't skip steps when it comes to feeling our emotions. First, we have to feel it before we deal with it, let alone heal from it. So, now that we have unloaded all the suck, I want to move forward with the positive outcomes we can get from this or ways to cope and take care of yourself so that it is a more positive experience than you've already been having. First things first, we need to let go of expectations for ourselves during this time. Don't put unnecessary pressure on yourself. Don't beat yourself up over what you are or aren't doing during your quarantine. Give yourself some grace and just know that we're all doing the best we can and our best is enough. Take it one day at a time. Next right thing. One thing at a time, like my girl Glennon Doyles always says, we don't know what a week from now or a month from now is going to look like. Things are rapidly changing and it may feel scary being in this unknown and we've never experienced anything like this. So everyone's just doing the best they can with the given circumstances. This is everyone's first time having to cope and deal with this. And so everyone's trying their best to do what will make them feel safe and less fearful. For some, that means hoarding toilet paper. For others, that's constantly watching the news. For others, that's underreacting and pretending it's not that big of a deal. And all of that is okay. Allowing compassion and grace for everyone around you, including yourself, is so essential. Try not to pass judgment on how someone else is coping because they're just trying their best. Don't put pressures and expectations on yourself to be insanely productive during this time. I love what was written on the To Be Magnetic Instagram page. She said, Note to self, your worth is not determined by your productivity. Culturally, we've learned to glamorize being busy, overworked, and burnt out. I hear so often from people that they have trouble slowing down, allowing rest, and feel like they constantly need to be busy with something. There's also a huge element of toxic perfectionism that comes into play with this need to excel at everything and be everything to everyone. When you're living in this mentality, you've plugged your self-worth into your productivity. These two things are not linked and you are so much more than your level of productivity. Many people carry this belief on your deep subconscious level and it serves as a block in your manifestation practice. So right now, as we're forced to slow down and we can't attend to as many of our commitments and obligations, some people are going crazy with so much free time on their hands, with nothing to necessarily do and busy themselves with. It's really uncomfortable for the majority of us right now having so much extra time to sit alone with ourselves and our thoughts free from distraction and we scramble to fill it with as many tasks and to-do lists so that we can avoid that uncomfortable state. But I encourage you to embrace it And sit with it. Sit with it for at least 15 minutes. It's hard, but it's a valuable skill to learn, and you can grow so much from quieting all the noise and allowing silence that will awaken so much healing and inner work to come through. You are still worth loving, you are still good enough, you are still responsible, even if you do not attend to every to do list item. It's okay to have quote, lazy days. I don't like calling them lazy because I think they are just days of rest where you are meeting and listening to your body's needs to slow down and recharge. Give yourself grace and don't expect to be productive every minute of every hour during this quarantine. It's okay to cuddle up and watch some Netflix. It's okay to scroll through some funny memes and laugh till you cry. It's okay to take extra naps that you usually don't have time for. Allow fluidity in how you show up and move through this quarantine. Do what is best for you in that moment. And that doesn't mean you can't have a fluid or flexible routine. I thrive off of having a routine that is built to make me feel my best. Personally, I'm still going to bed at a reasonable time and not sleeping in until 1 p.m., just because I can because I set myself up for feeling my best and I know that if I sleep in until one I will feel sluggish and exhausted the rest of my day and I don't want to feel like that personally. Part of my routine is to complete simple tasks like making my bed and changing from my pajamas into some fresh comfy clothes. I'm I'm definitely not putting on jeans and a full face of makeup but the minimum to wake me up and feel refreshed and energized for the day is crucial. Part of my routine is journaling in the morning and before I go to bed and making time for that. Just because I'm in quarantine doesn't mean I'm throwing out all of my routines and forms of self-care self out the window. Those things can provide some stability and normalcy in a time where It feels everything else is spinning out of control. Maybe you feel you need to let go of routines and structures. Maybe that feels good to you. Or maybe you create a new normal, a new routine that works better for this temporary change in lifestyle. Don't expect yourself to just do something because you used to or you feel obligated to. Do what feels good for you and right for you right now. I personally needed a boundary for myself to have a routine and to continue my routine because that was an important form of self-care for me right now. Speaking of boundaries, they are crucial right now. They're crucial always, (laughs) but in order to help you feel protected and for your needs to be met. Amanda from Therapy for Women wrote a pretty good list of some boundaries that you may need to implement right now. So, Boundaries with yourself during COVID-19 look like setting limits on how much time you spend taking in new information, setting limits on what kind of resources you take in, reading reputable articles versus watching the news, having a bedtime, not sleeping with your phone or devices next to you, not scrolling at night, taking breaks during the day to practice mindfulness and check in with yourself. Eating regular meals, even if anxiety makes it hard to feel hunger cues. Limiting caffeine intake if it makes your anxiety worse. Staying off or detoxing from social media if it's feeding your anxiety. Focusing on what you can control versus what you can't. Doubling down on self-care to nurture your mental health during a time of world panic. These are all great things you may need to implement in order to take care of yourself but in order to do so you need check-ins with yourself you need to understand how you are really doing it's important to gauge how you're doing on all fronts physically mentally emotionally spiritually are you a hundred percent fully charged and energized or are you drained to 20 percent and low battery Check in with yourself multiple times throughout the day and see what your personal battery life is at because that will help you gauge your needs so that you can plan accordingly to meet those needs. Do I need to take a nap or cuddle up and watch a movie? Or do I need to get outside and connect to Mother Earth and go on a walk and sit in the sun? Or do I need to dance and shake it out? Being able to determine where your energy levels and physical or mental capacity is at will help you meet it with grace and fulfilling that need. If you aren't checking in with where you are at currently, you may be pressuring or expecting too much or too little of yourself. You can't expect yourself to go on a run if you're physically and mentally at 20%. Your body won't be able to make it and give yourself fully to that task. And then you may end up beating yourself up for not being able to give yourself fully. Another way to help gauge how you are really doing is the spoon theory. Tiffany Rowe has an Instagram story highlight that is dedicated to explaining and talking about the spoon theory. So basically on a good day where you are fully energized and well, We have, let's say, 10 spoons. And so we can accomplish a lot because we have a lot of spoons to give and energy to go around. But let's say on a day that I'm in a depression, I only have maybe three spoons to give. In that state, I'm only able to get out of bed, which takes one spoon, maybe take a shower, a second spoon, and eat a meal, hopefully three, which takes a third. With a limited number of spoons, there's only so much I can handle or muster up the energy to do. Another way people like to use the spoon analogy is let's say every day you start with 10 spoons. But on certain days, it takes a lot more spoons to accomplish a task. Where one day I only need to use up one spoon to get out of bed, another day it takes three spoons to pull myself out of bed. Either way you like to use the analogy, it gives you an idea on how you are doing and what you are feeling as a whole, which in turn will help you prioritize what you need accordingly. Acknowledging when you're low on spoons can also help to give yourself some grace and not beat yourself up for not being able to do more than you currently can. And be okay with meeting yourself where you're at, accepting that. This is a time to really get to know yourself. This is collectively a really uncomfortable time for people. As I've talked to many friends and people online, I'm noticing a pattern that people almost want to crawl out of their skin while being stuck at home with themselves. Our world is go, 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 noise and chaos and busyness all the time, always. We pride ourselves in being so busy and productive, and in doing so, We try to fill every moment of silence and just sitting with ourselves with noise. We turn on the TV or Netflix as background noise as we get ready for the day or doing a mindless task. We scroll through social media while we eat. We turn on YouTube or a podcast, blast music in our cars. We fill every waking moment of silence with background noise. So for the average person, it's rare that they are forced to slow down enough that they have to sit with themselves and take a look at their thoughts and take a look in the mirror. And it's making people squirm. They aren't used to it and they don't like it very much. But now as the world is being forced to come to a screeching halt and we are cut off from our regular busy schedules and lives and forced to stay home instead of always being with people, We are being presented with a moment to really sit with ourselves and get to know inner corners of ourselves and our thoughts. I think it is a beautiful thing and would hope that you all take advantage of this to start doing some of the inner work. Get to know your needs and wants and dreams. Get to know your ego and flaws and character weaknesses. Spend that quality time with yourself. Learn to find happiness from within. Instead of seeking happiness or love or validation from external sources and people. There's so much power in being able to make yourself happy because then no one can take it away from you. Jay from On Purpose, a podcast platform, talks about loneliness versus solitude in one of his recent podcast episodes regarding this quarantine. He dives deeper into this, and I love what he has to say. So if you're struggling with this or curious to learn more, I'll have some podcast episode links in the show notes. He also put out a podcast episode with 11 things to do during quarantine if you're bored. And they aren't just do a puzzle or whatever. He has some really interesting ideas that will hopefully make you feel better while doing them. Anyway, he talks a lot about how right now, something that's showing up for people is loneliness. It may be the extroverts that are struggling being confined to their homes, but also the introverts can get fed up and have enough. Personally, I am an introvert and a homebody, so the first part of quarantine and still sometimes now, I'm just living it up and loving it. But we can all find ourselves in this loneliness and boredom, and we seek to fill that loneliness or boredom with something. But What if, just hear me out for a second, what if we were able to welcome it and invite it in to teach us something? It's a gift to be able to turn your loneliness into solitude, where you are no longer lonely because you have yourself and you enjoy your own company and you love yourself. I think that's a beautiful skill to practice and acquire at a time right now. You already have everything you ever will need already inside of you you just have to learn how to unleash it and access it that being said i do hate the term social distancing i almost wish they didn't label it that but rather called it physical distancing because social distancing can give you the wrong idea that you should socially disconnect from everyone around you but that is the last thing we want to do right now is emotional distancing we need to stay connected to our circle of support and our loved ones reach out via FaceTime, phone call, text. This week, a new friend and I had a Netflix party and it was so much fun. Also, it's a genius idea for a time like this. You're able to connect your accounts and watch a show at the same time with a little chat bar off to the side so you can comment and discuss the show together as you watch and it's great. Anyway, my point is social distancing does not mean emotional distancing. It may be lonely in your self-quarantine, but you are not alone. We are all in this together. And there are so many unique and genius ways to connect right now. I've seen people online being so creative having FaceTime dinner dates or Zoom game nights with their friends. Or Tiffany Rowe started a virtual dance party on Instagram. Just because you can't physically be together doesn't mean you have to cut off your social life. We can still create fun. So I think it's important to watch your thoughts. Being able to choose your thoughts and retrain your brain will really make or break your experience. If you are able to reframe your mindset about your situation, it will make it much more enjoyable or at the minimum bearable. I like how Stephanie Chin put it. She said, we don't stay home just so we won't become sick. We stay home to protect the people we care for that we know and those we don't. To protect the people we love, and the people they love, and the people they love, and the people they may one day love. Reframing it like this really shows how this is so much bigger than us. Staying home isn't just about you. We do it for everyone around us. I thank all of you that are staying home because that is contributing to keeping people I love safe, like my grandparents. Another way to reframe the sucky situation of being quarantined at home is to say, you know what? You're not stuck at home. You're safe at home. It's a privilege to get to stay home because not everyone has that same opportunity like the nurses and doctors and people that have to keep our society running. Again, this is not to discount your very real feelings of this sucking. But this is in particular to help you move out of that stuck place and move forward because you can't change the fact that we're quarantined, but you can change how you show up to that quarantine. I think reframing your mindset is a way to raise your energy levels and raise your vibrations. Gratitude, compassion, grace are all ways to raise those levels. This messy grace over on Insta stated it beautifully. She said, When this is over, may we never again take for granted a handshake with a stranger, full shelves at the store, conversations with neighbors, a crowded theater, Friday night out, the taste of communion, a routine checkup, the school rush each morning, coffee with a friend, the stadium roaring, each deep breath, a boring Tuesday, life itself. When this ends, may we find that we have become more like the people we wanted to be, we were called to be, we hope to be, and may we stay that way, better for each other because of the worst. This may be horrible and terrible times for the world. Just like I said earlier, there is nuance and gray areas. Just because it's pretty bad and affecting so many people in heavy ways doesn't mean some good can come out of it too. Where in China, the air pollution is going down, or in, I think it's Italy, where the canals are clear, things are healing, and things are getting better simultaneously while things are getting worse. A time like this can teach us a deep appreciation for truly living and being present in your life. It shows you all the little things you may have taken advantage of, but now miss. It can show you a love and gratitude for the small, simple, and mundane moments. My therapist always tells me, if you have to go through it, you might as well learn something from it. And it has been my life motto to grow through what you go through. And so now is a time like never before where we are given a chance to level up and grow and make change and evolve as a world and as individuals and communities. There are also so many beautiful ways that people are showing up for each other right now. You may have to look behind the chaos and the news for the acts of service and kindness that are being broadcasted, but they are there. The actor that plays Jim in the office started the cutest channel called some good news. And he posted his first video that was 15 minutes of the purest forms of love and good deeds that are happening all around the world right now. You can choose what you consume, you guys. So I know I talk a lot about mental health and your emotions, but we equally need to be taking care of our body. And I just want to take the time to say that. It's just as essential to get your body moving during this time because we are cooped up at home. We may find we spend extra amounts of time in bed or on the couch and that's okay, but find pockets of time to move your joints, stretch your limbs, get your blood flowing and your energy in motion. It doesn't have to be intense or hold pressures or expectations. It could be as simple as playing around a Just Dance, which is one of my personal favorites. (laughs) We just got the newest version, and I've been super into dancing and beating my high scores and challenging myself to unlock new features and songs. Or it could be as simple as taking a barefoot walk around the neighborhood. I add barefoot because, again, that's one of my personal favorites because it's a beautiful grounding technique to get you connected to Mother Earth and super mindful of the sensations you're feeling in your feet. Or you could just jog up and down your stairs three times. I'm definitely missing my yoga studio and going to classes regularly. And so when I was on the phone with a loved one recently, they recommended yoga with Adrian. She has this YouTube channel with seven years worth of videos where she is instructing yoga practices. Some are as short as five minutes with others to 50 minutes. And she has yoga flow for every kind of emotion or physical pain or position you are experiencing in life. For example, yoga for depression, yoga for stress, yoga for back pain, yoga for rider's block, yoga for nurses. She does it all and there are so many options to choose from. And There's something for everyone. So when I say it's crucial to double down on self-care right now, I'm not only talking about your emotional mental state, I'm also talking about taking care of your physical state and how your body feels. As you check in with your emotions, equally check in with your body. Are you experiencing pain or tension in any area? Is your body feeling heavy or sluggish or exhausted? Take care of your physical needs, whether that be resting and slowing down or nurturing and working. So lastly, I want to list a few creative ideas for things that you can be doing right now because that was one of the requests from my Instagram polls. So creatively, here's a few ideas. Adult coloring books or kid coloring books. Now both are fun and really help you focus and de-stress. Or painting, and if you're not a painter, I got an adult paint by number and it's so much fun and it turned out so beautifully. That I just bought another canvas that's paint by numbers. Learn to play an instrument or write a song. Embroider. I've had a few friends super into this. Do something funky and new with your hair that you've been wanting to try. My sister's temporarily dyed their hair pink. Repurpose your old clothes and turn it into something new that you would wear. Create or organize your photo album or your playlist so that it's easier to navigate and use. Next are a few ways to move your body online yoga classes. I've seen multiple influencers holding daily or weekly live yoga or meditation practices. Have a dance party or play Just Dance, which you don't need a game console or the game itself. You can look up dances from Just Dance on YouTube. Jog up and down your stairs, jump rope on your driveway, go on a sunset or sunrise walk. Some things you can do socially, Netflix party, Go on a social distancing walk. My mom and a friend walked on opposite sides of the street, catching up. FaceTime or call or hang out together virtually. Maybe play a game virtually like Trivia Crack or Uno. Make a funny TikTok as a family group effort. And then some things you can do productively. Purge your room or closet and donate clothes or random junk that's just been collecting dust. Get that spring cleaning or detox started. Start the project that you haven't had time for. Start a new hobby. There are so many things that can fill us up during a time like this, and you don't have to be stuck in boredom. So lastly, I just want to end by saying I'm so proud of each and every one of you. I am proud of you for showing up and listening today. I am proud of you for surviving and coping and being resilient through such chaos and uncertainty. Resilience is being able to meet the circumstances and situations you are put in and meet it with grace and strength and a willingness to show up even if it sucks and it's hard. It's knowing that you are strong and you can adapt and adjust to the environment. Right now, this is the state of our world and it doesn't look like it's getting better super soon and it might get worse before it gets better. So being able to adjust how you show up in life, to meet it where it is, and let go of expectations and flow with this new normal is such a brave thing to do. I believe in you, and we are wired to survive and fight so I know that you can do this and I'll be right alongside you. If you need anything during this time, please feel free to reach out to me and I'll do my best to show up for you and be there for you. So with that, I love you all. Namaste, thanks for listening and. Tune in next time. I hope this podcast left you feeling empowered, better understood, and less alone in this crazy thing called life. If you like what you hear, leave a rating or review and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.